I'm Roger Baker, Executive Director of the Stratfor Center for Applied Geopolitics at RAIN, a global center of excellence for geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Learn how you can put geopolitics to work for your organization at RAINnetwork.com. Hello and welcome to RAIN's Essential Geopolitics podcast. In recent weeks, China has launched a series of initiatives that alter the status quo in the Taiwan Strait. First, China altered a civilian flight path to come mere kilometers next to the median line, the de facto dividing line between the entities, and added two more flights along a similar trajectory. Second, China's Coast Guard announced it will make full use of its legal jurisdiction around the Taiwanese islands of Kinmen. These developments carry implications for both Taiwan's airspace and territorial waters. Here to explain the implications of these initiatives is Nate Fischler, RAIN's Asia-Pacific analyst. Hi, Nate. Hi, Emma. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, can you provide a little more detail on what exactly these Chinese initi initiatives are? Um, sure. Well, we can start with uh, February 1st. Um, let's, there's a series of events here, so I'll try to um, discuss them chronologically. Starting on, on February 1st, China unilaterally altered the flight path of a civilian um, civilian flight uh, M503, or that flight route anyway, to come mere kilometers uh, toward the median line, the de facto, as you've mentioned, the de facto dividing line between China and Taiwan. Um, they did this without consulting Taiwan, um, and it, uh, it, it irritated the authorities in Taipei. Um, moving on then, on February 15th, there was an incident in the water where two Chinese fishermen drown um, off of uh, the Kinmen Islands of Taiwan when they tried to flee the Taiwanese Coast Guard who attempted to apprehend them for um, illegally fishing in their, in their waters. This was followed then on February 17th with an announcement from China's Coast Guard that in response to that incident, they will make full use of their legal jurisdiction over um, the Kinmen Islands. So of course, this needs to be reiterated from time to time that China claims all Taiwanese territories as its de jure territory. So by their legal code, by their system, um, any enforcement or, or you know, jurisdictional action around Kinmen or anywhere in Taiwan is perfectly within the legal rights of, of China. And it's not, it's not as if um, this is a foreign country. This is, this is their own country, according to them. So that means that um, the Chinese Coast Guard will be far more active around Kinmen, um, undertaking basically normal Coast Guard duties uh, as if, you know, as if it were normally uh, their territory. Um, thirdly, then, we had China making use of this jurisdictional power to board a Taiwanese tourist vessel that was bound for Kinmen. Um, this didn't really harm anybody, but it created a panic because this kind of boarding is, is unprecedented. The Chinese Coast Guard does not do this sort of thing. Um, so we can see that, uh, well, I don't know if it's unprecedented, but it's, ex it's extremely rare. So we can see that happening more frequently um, going forward. And then on February 28th, China added two more flights along that M503 line that hug um, the Taiwan, uh, the Taiwan Strait median line. So they're adding to these flights 
They're doing more both uh, by air and by sea around um, Taiwanese airspace and territorial waters. Um, so yeah, that's, that's happened all within the span of a few weeks. Could you provide some insight um, about what this could mean for Taiwan's security going forward? Yeah, sure. Um, so what this does is in both domains, both at sea and in the air, it stretches Taiwanese um, resources. So by, by the, the flights, what they do um, is they force Taiwan to monitor and identify civilian aircraft, which given the you know, frequent military incursions by Chinese fighter jets, uh, you know, the, this, this costs additional resources um, in order to identify these, these flights because they have to distinguish them between military and civilian jets. Um, and you know, both now are going to occur with more frequency around the median line. So this costs uh, Taiwan resources, it stretches its airspace, um, it makes them uh, less flexible in their ability to respond. It also um, opens up for Chinese military planes a flight path that might be a little more strategically viable, um, say for a hypothetical invasion scenario. And then in the waters um, around Kinmen, it creates you know it, it creates the the possibility or increases the likelihood of accidents, incidents, um, hostile action, things that could really escalate tensions between China and Taiwan, which of course, you know, those, those two entities are at perpetually high tensions. Um, and this, this risk, I mean, I guess that's the case in, at both, both air and sea. It increases the risk of uh, accidents. Um, and at, at sea especially, it increases the risk of confrontations between the two Coast Guards and potentially between um, navies. So from a security perspective, it's not good, to put it in simple terms, for, for Taiwan. It squeezes them both by air and by sea. They're going to have to commit more resources to these Chinese activities um, uh, in, in, both, in both domains. It's not, um, it's not like a death knell or anything like that. It doesn't change the, the outlook uh, super radically, but it does sort of put the countries on a path where um, Sometimes it's referred to as, as salami slicing, where China takes li little bits of territory, um, sort of changes the facts on the ground by planting, um, you know, in this case, boats or planes. But what it does is it transfers little bits of territory to Chinese effective control, and those little bits of territory might get expanded um, over the coming years as China really looks to um, to tighten its um, tighten its own security apparatus around uh, Taiwan and limit Taiwan's ability to defend itself. Um, I know you mentioned that um, this won't change things a whole lot, um, but does the salami slicing eventually lead to a point where everything's going to come to a head? I guess how much further can both keep pushing until there is maybe a change in the overall trajectory of things? Right. Well, we have a we have a a sort of intractable problem that's that's really been ongoing since 2016 when the um, the DPP in Taiwan was elected. Um, William Lai, the DPP candidate, um, has been was elected in January, and he'll be the new new Taiwanese president. And China, you know, Beijing considers him even more of a radical extremist uh, separatist type than his predecessor Tsai Ing-wen. Um, so China, as long as the DPP is ruling Taiwan, there will be more of these sort of coercive actions, 
um, more, more movement, military movement, Coast Guard movement, um, rather than, than dialogue. Um, so the trajectory is not, not, not super optimistic, um, you know, partially because of the DPP's continuing um, stay atop the, the Taiwanese government and China's refusal to, um, to talk to them. So what's going to happen most likely is uh, tensions will, will deepen. Um, you know, Taiwan, uh, both Ta China and Taiwan will look to manage this, um, this, sli this slightly altered status quo to really try to prevent incidents that could really escalate things, um, a plane crash, you know, uh, Coast Guard vessels shooting at each other, that sort of thing. Um, so it will increase tensions in, in the short term, depending on if there are more um, incidents like what happened on February 15th, where, where there were two, um, two, two Chinese fishermen drown. Um, the, the more incidents there are like that, the more tensions will, will spike. Of course, accidents and incidents like that um, have a tendency to create tension or, or irritate tension um, between, between countries. So, um, as, so with the DPP in power, in Taiwan going to be staying in power, uh, the trajectory is likely more, more of the same, more sort of salami slicing from, from China, and then Taiwan doing its best to uh, manage and mitigate that reality. Well, thanks for the update um, and the insights, Nate. Uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing more about it as it develops, as is true with all of our analyses. Um, but thank you. Thank you, Emma. You can read more of Nate's analyses by subscribing to one of Rain's risk intelligence products. Our suite of products and solutions allow clients to access the insights and analyses they need to make more informed decisions. You can sign up or learn more at our website, rainnetwork.com. That's R-A-N-E network.com. I'm Emma Kami. Thanks for listening.